0: Act 7. What Ho! Scene 1. All Together Now. Shentalpice City on Tuscarora Mountain. Tuesday, Vespers. Evening, 4th of July, 1284, 3rd of St. Swithin. At that moment, the Duke of Philadelphia rides forward on a large, sturdy warhorse, accompanied by his heralds, squires, champions, and his daughter, Lady Philippa, codenamed Ariel. He calls down. What ho! Are the elves capitulating? Dungaree Jean is standing right next to the Duke's horse, and although her command of English is nearly flawless, she is shocked by the realization that she has no idea what the Duke is trying to say. She turns to Johnny Appleseed for a translation. Capitulating? What ho? I don't get it. What ho? replies Appleseed. He then turns to the Duke and says to him, The name's Johnny Appleseed. What ho, Duke? The Duke politely replies, What ho? Picking up Appleseed's cue, Lewis and Clark both start calling out, What ho? What ho? The Duke grunts and says, It seems rather difficult to go on with the conversation under the current adverse circumstances. May I propose a truce? Finally comprehending his words, Dungaree Jean replies in English, There is no need, Sir Knight. The crusade is over, the Heresiarch is dead, and the High Inquisitor burned all the riches of the elves to icicles. I am Duke William Penn. As commander-in-chief of the crusading army, Madame Elve, I beg your pardon, but war isn't over until I say it's over. A noble of my standing cannot depart empty-handed. Hungary Jean says in English, Then all is well. Your grace is seated on an excellent horse, and you hold the bridle in your left hand. You are neither standing nor empty-handed. You may take your armies and leave Tuscarora Mountain for good. The Duke of Philadelphia tries again. Perhaps something got lost in the translation. Normally, a victorious army pillages the spoils of the battlefield to cover its payroll. We have done no pillaging, and if you want to keep it that way, I expect payment. Unpaid soldiers do very nasty things, if you catch my drift. Dungaree Jean stands up and says, Let me translate this for you. Thanks to your High Inquisitor's abuse of the Black Flame, all our assets are frozen. As Dungaree of foreign trade, I could work out a profitable trade pact between the Fire Elves of Tuscarora Mountain and the Wall Humans of Philadelphia, if you agree to a simple condition. Bowing his head slightly, the Duke says, I am all ears, Madame Dungaree. You must tell the truth. Spread our story honestly. The world needs to know about what happened here. They need to be made aware of the dangers of the Black Flame, the betrayal of the High Inquisitor, and the futility of waging a crusade against Fire Elves. Agreed. My court in Philadelphia is home to the finest bards and the most revered loremasters on this side of the Ocean of Atlantis. The Clayborn of Vinland will know your story, and we shall tell it true. As a token of goodwill, I invite you to come to Philadelphia as an honored guest of mine. "'At my court we can iron out the nitty-gritty of a truly revolutionary free-trade pact. "'Moreover, I shall give you final say in how the chronicles record the events "'that have transpired here today for the memory of the land of the free "'and the home of the brave.'" Dungaree Jean eyes him and says, "'Agreed. You may now leave in peace, "'and I shall find you in Philadelphia in one month's time.'" Begging your pardon, Madame Dungaree, but business is business. First, I must request a retainer for our trade agreement. The expenses of this crusade have already emptied my coffers. I'd need $2,000 if I'm going to be able to keep my army under tight discipline on the march home. Unpaid troops are wont to riot and plunder the locals. I see. From a grimace to a twinkle in her eye, Dungaree Jean lights up and asks Johnny Appleseed, Do you think you could work your magic for this noble lord and provide him with, say, two sacks of refined cocoa powder? With a wave of his magic wand, Johnny Appleseed intones, Oh, fudge! A puff of brown smoke and delicious brown powder floats in the air. Like a little boy trying to catch snowflakes on his tongue, the Duke of Philadelphia arches his head back and tastes the chocolatey fog. He nods and says, Adieu, Madame Dungaree. My magic halters should be skilled enough to gather all this cocoa powder into gunny sacks. Your down payment on our future friendship will not be forgotten. For now, we depart in peace, and I look forward to your arrival in Philadelphia. Dungaree Jean's face washes over with relief and cocoa powder. It will be a trip to remember. The Duke sighs. I don't know if Philadelphia has much to offer compared to the wonders of this place. Dungaree Jean assures him. Oh, no worries, my lord. My heart tells me this is just the start of many adventures, grand and marvelous, for both our people. He waves his retinue to fall back and starts turning his horse around while he says, You are obviously a lady who trusts her heart. I have no doubt that all will happen as you say. Amen. After the Duke departs, Dungaree Jean looks around and announces in English, Reverend Appleseed, do you see that fruit and vegetable stand at the base of that sequoia tree down that road? It's got a warehouse we can use as a makeshift hospital for all the wounded. May I ask you to go and start setting up inside? I'll gather elves to help. She turns to Lewis and Clark, asking, Can you two get the rangers to put together a few stretchers for those that can't walk? Clark bows his head as if taking orders from the father prior of his monastery, while Louis remains on the ground staring at the sword of Laban. At that moment, Ariel approaches with her party of adventurers and points to Louis. "'Young man, you are carrying a sword that belongs to a princess of these people. I promised her she should have it, so I must insist you return it if she's still alive.' Louis replies, "'She's inside the sword.' "'What?' Jihani Appleseed explains. She sacrificed her life to stop the evil Inquisitor by crossing the streams of the Black Flame. It brought about the dark clouds above us and a strange fate for her. Her soul is now trapped inside the sword awaiting redemption. Louis adds, She has chosen me to fulfill her promise. I'm supposed to find some bronze plates? Ariel is astonished. You couldn't have known about her promise unless all you are telling me is true. "'Help! Help!' A young woman bursts into the scene. They all turn around. It's Sacagawea. She cries. "'Monsignor Meyer! We need a miracle! Uncle Sam is dying! Come quickly!' The monsignor replies. "'Calm down, dear. I can only heal minor wounds. If it's serious, we might need to move your uncle to some expert healers.' Sacagawea says. "'No! We can't let any of the English here see him! They might arrest him, and time is running out! We can't let him die!' Johnny Appleseed sees her distress and says, Jesus healed the centurion's servant from afar. If it's that urgent, we'll all pray together right here for your uncle to be healed, no matter where he is. He points to Clark and Monsignor Meyer, sensing that they are clerics as well. Brothers, please join me in prayer. Monsignor Meyer and Clark kneel down to pray, folding their hands together, but Johnny Appleseed remains standing and stretches his arms up to heaven. After they have all prayed for a while, Appleseed opens his eyes. I'm sorry, daughter, but the answer is no. What? Sacagawea turns to the Monsignor. Monsignor Oscar Mayer nods his head. I got the same answer to our prayers. God's saying no. Sacagawea asks, Is there a more powerful miracle worker around here who can save him? No miracle workers have any power on their own replies Johnny Appleseed. All miracles are gifts from God. He uses them to strengthen our faith and lead people to salvation, not to meddle with politics or make people rich. Viceroy Samuel de Champlain has had to carry a heavy cross over the past few months. He has sincerely repented of his sins and has prayed for a holy death. God has said it's his time to go home, and nothing in this world or the next can change that. Tears leak from her eyes. Clark adds. Yes, God has plans for his salvation. He's going to a better place now. Sacagawea rebels. No! I worked too hard to save him. I'm not giving up on him now. If your God can't do it, then I'll find a more powerful God who can. With that, she runs off. A heavy silence hangs in the chocolatey air for a short while as the cocoa powder settles and everyone sympathizes with Sacagawea's plight. Duke William Penn's magic interrupt the mood as they move in to collect the scattered cocoa powder into gunny sacks. They intone magic words and ply all their magic tricks, but it's not working out too well for them. The head magic whispers something into Ariel's ear, and then she calls to Johnny Appleseed. Reverend Appleseed, it seems gathering all this cocoa powder into gunny sacks is not as easy as you made it look. Could you please tell us the good word that makes it all possible? Johnny Appleseed swings his elbows upwards and hollers. Oh, the Lord is good to me, and so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need the sun and the rain and the apple seed. The Lord is good to me. Amen, 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 amen. The end.